listening to Clouser on Business. Thanks for coming back. I'm Clouser, your host. Glad you're with us today. Well, we're uh, back from a kind of extended uh, holiday break. Uh, had enjoyed our Christmas and New Year's and uh, got involved with tax season, so we're back uh, doing some podcasts now. we got some exciting topics coming up, uh, especially if you're in the sales arena and social media arena. Um, looking for some... Also uh, going to be doing some recordings with some people on um, uh, processes and, and uh, you know, how do you manage those. So anyway, uh, glad to be back, and uh, we're looking forward, forward to a great uh, 2018. Uh, I've got uh, Heidi Bird in the studio with us today. Heidi, how are you doing? Hi, Klauser. I'm doing pretty well. How are you? Pretty good. So is your uh, year off to a good start this year? Yeah. I think the last time that we got together, we were talking about um, you know, New Year's resolutions and things that, you know, how to kind of start off your new year. And um, so things are going well. I find that the new year is always a really busy time. So, you know, getting everything in order and, as you said, taxes and just kind of making sure that you're kicking off your new year in a in a good place. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So uh, without naming names, you've been working on any exciting research uh projects? I have, yeah. Um, I had one that took my attention pretty much uh, all of the end of the year and into the new year a little bit, and I've got some new things on the horizon that are exciting, as always. The research business, uh, I think, is fascinating every day, so um, most people might consider it a little hmm, ho-hum, but everybody needs research, so there are big you know, Fortune 500 companies who are always looking for the work that we do. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and people probably uh, do not realize how much they're directed toward purchases and, and uh, uh, because of the result of uh, research. Yeah, in today's business, when I say I do research, it's really where uh, the, the work that I do um, primarily centers around how to help people market their products better, especially in the new age of digital consumption, mm-hmm. and also you know how people are purchasing, why people are purchasing, and what channel they're purchasing on, whether that be online or in store, and why are they doing it digitally or not? And um, you know, basically, I help people inform their online strategies as well as their uh, brick and mortar. Um, strategies for how to capture business in a new way. Yeah, and uh, for you, uh, you've been uh, what I'll just term as uh, may not be the right term, but we'll use it, is traditional research. So you've ventured into uh, digital research now. So um, what kind of uh, transition uh, has that been for you? It's been interesting. I mean, I think that research is pretty much the same across the board and to a certain degree, but I think that, um, you know, digital research is a bit different in that we can now capture how people are using their smartphones and their computers in a different way. And so it takes a little bit of a different mindset to kind of wrap your head around what that data set looks like. Um, We truly live in an age of big data. So it's how do you present something more manageable um, to your clients that isn't, you know, oh, data file that has a million, I would say a gazillion uh, lines of data in it. So um, we have to be smarter uh, than we have ever before. So traditional research in terms of survey research just doesn't cut it anymore. Mm-hmm. What was uh, 
if you don't mind me asking, what what uh, has been the biggest challenge uh, coming from that traditional, um, you know, the methodologies and whatever? And you might explain to our listeners, you know, just how what you were have been involved with for most of your career, how that process differs from, uh, you know, obviously digital is going to measure something like you said, off of computers or iPhones, whatever. Uh, but uh, so how's that process been for you? Um, it's been good. Uh, I think that it's been a challenge in some areas, but digital data is not just excluding traditional data. So it's not a replacement, it's an and. So not only do you have to do the traditional data in terms of screener surveys and things like that, and sometimes uh, it could involve more survey research um, per project, but it means that you have to collect digital data during the same fielding period that you would normally do traditional survey work in. Um, Now, that just creates more complexities in the reporting department, and so no longer can you just get out of field and present data a few days or weeks later. So client expectations <laughs> are definitely the hardest to meet in this new day and age for me because everyone expects, oh, digital data, we can get that tomorrow. You know, that's not a problem. Um, it's actually much more complex if you want something that's meaningful to you and not just a data dump of what everyone's looked at in the past, you know, month or something like that. So I think that it's just added things it hasn't really taken away from traditional research, which will always be around. Um, well, do both? I guess both would come with the same, uh, some sort of outcome of uh, behavioral practices by prospective purchasers or users of products. Yeah, the difference between traditional though and digital is that traditional is more about opinions and the way people report, self-report certain things. Digital research is actually behavioral. So sometimes people call it um, passive metering of individuals. So you can see their behaviors, but they may self-report in survey data things vastly different. So you have to use your survey measurement in a different way than you did um, in the past. Mm -hmm. How much... um uh, we were going to talk about something else, folks, but we got on this, so I just as well stick with it now. Uh, in for a penny, in for a pound here. Um, but so uh, the traditional methods where I would guess research teams are uh, talking to individuals over the phone or some, or maybe in, uh, in-person interviews, uh, so you get a, some sort of a measurement of emotions, I would guess, you know, from talking to people directly. How does... Uh, the digital how you how do you get back or how do you get the emotions uh aspect in a digital research or do you so you can do it a few ways um survey research now is mostly done online large part unless you're doing focus groups or um individual one-on-one telephone interviews which are still done for specific product types for certain just depending on what the client needs um but the difference between a survey, a traditional survey now, and a traditional survey that you would cap- that you would also um, use with digital data capturing is that you can, for example, um, yeah, you can't have emotions, as you say. In digital data only collects your behaviors. 
So it's all behavioral. But we still need the emotional or the why component. Like, why are you choosing, why is something important to you? Um, we need you to explain that. Like, why did you click on that particular thing? Or why did the search term that you punched in successfully lead to an outcome that you wanted or did it not? Um, so there's a lot of questions. I mean, you can look at or just think about the average number of times, say, on a weekend or when you're even Christmas shopping, that you Google things or go to Amazon and search for things. Like, that's a ton of digital data collected. Um, and so... What we want to do is just only hone in on what the client needs are specifically for particular product types or for particular items or um, any type of, uh, I guess, product category that people would be interested in. So that's a where I think, you know, where we come out on top in terms of being the leader and honing in on those particular things. Um, so you have to be very, very different in constructing traditional surveys to go along with that, meaning you would have to ask them about, how did you feel about this? Mm -hmm. Or did, you know, uh, and we're actually in surveys, sometimes we're using emojis because everyone loves their phone emojis, like happy faces, you know, here's how I felt while I was shopping during the holiday season, happy face, frustrated face. Um, and we would we would put like the component you know descriptor that goes along with it, and people would check like, you know, frustrated or annoyed or whatever. So, you know, you have to kind of change the way that you do surveys based. What on question would you ask to get the monkey with his hand over his ears? <laughs> um, that would be the frustrated with the sales representative <laughs> than when I walked into the store trying to give me a demo. Yeah, get out of here. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, everything evolves. So, you know, I've been in this business for over 20 years, and so you've got to be prepared to evolve. So even traditional surveys, you've got to, you know, be ready to go with whatever comes up in this new day and age and how people communicate. Yeah, for so uh, for as some encouragement for people who might switch within industries uh, where their skill, their, their skill sets up to a point have been... Um, you know, seen them through a number of years. Uh, what what kind of challenges did you have going from um, the traditional methods to uh, was there whole, was there a whole lot to learn? Or? Yeah, there's plenty to learn. Um, well, I had my frustrated face days days, and then I had <laughs> no. Uh, it's a it's a good question because I feel like people don't talk about this enough where you could even be in the same industry and because as it evolves, it's sometimes harder um, to evolve than would it be me coming in as a 20-year-old fresh face trying to work out, oh, well, this is how it's always done, so that's how I have to do it type of thing. So um, so different uh different databases and that sort of thing uh, where the data is accumulated versus uh well actually different way in which data looks so digital data looks really different from traditional survey data so getting your head around that and how you write syntax for the outcomes that you want i think for me was the hardest thing and how to just visualize how to it's almost like i had to reprogram my brain to translate what I was looking for on the outcome side 
back to the digital data side and what do I do in the middle? Like, how do I figure out how I'm going to get to the outcome I want with there are so many more steps involved and it's, it's harder to decipher. Mm-hmm. It, it's just a different, it's a new language. Mm-hmm. Um, so while I didn't learn French or Russian this year, I have learned digital data. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know, I know you've had the opportunity to work uh, for some uh, major well-known uh, companies here in America, so that's good. Yeah. Always, you know, as I always have said about market research, I love what I do because it's never a dull day. That just got amplified by about five times. And sometimes if you want to be really good at your job, but you wanted to be really good at it yesterday, that can present frustrating challenges for those of us who want to always do well. And uh, for anybody that uh, is listening that maybe is considering research as a a career or an area of study, uh, you're supported in your work. You're supported because you're kind of the one that uh, your Heidi's tagline in her business is uh, she tells stories with people's data and so but uh, what kind of team do you have supporting you I mean so we have multiple teams uh, throughout organizations Um, for on the research side we've got the data team Uh, we have the data collection team and usually that's the online or the survey uh, programmers and is that are, is that two different sets of totally people? Totally different teams. You got a data team, and then you got a data collection team. Yeah, the data collection team uh, basically will help program your survey, uh, or if it's a if it's a traditional phone survey, program it into the old KD system so that we can dial numbers and then get people to actually conduct phone surveys based on the survey that's been programmed to collect answers. It's the same thing for online surveys. So that's a totally different team than the data team. And then you have um, the tabulation team um, who will then produce the tabs that you need to deliver to the client, but also to run. You say tabs, so for the layman like like me and the others listening, a tab, uh, we're not talking about the tab on the pop on the top of a beer can, we're talking about the tab no. on... Uh, <laughs> uh, data tabulations are <laughs> the sort of the overall... So if you think about traditional market research and you wanted a questionnaire asked of people, those would be the... Sometimes you could call them the banner books. So those would be every single question you asked in your questionnaire broken out by all of the banner points that you would want. So it could be simple demographics, age, gender, all of the, what I call them, analysis points. Um, And in digital data, I have to create my own tables, um, meaning I have to define all of the variables that will, all of the digital table, of the digital data in the tables that will go into the variable creation for those banner books. Like I said, you'll have to play that back to get all that. Not only is it a tongue twister, it's actually hard to do um, if you're new at that. But it's basically just a tabulation of of all of the answers, like all of the survey findings, and yeah. that's what you base your reports on. Yeah, well, good. Thanks for sharing that. And uh, just again, because we've talked about research uh, on the podcast before, uh, companies, uh, organizations go to a company like yours uh, to do to have you do research for various reasons, what would be maybe one or two of the top reasons that they would 
come to your company and ask you to do something for them? Sure. Um, the I would say the top three right now that people are coming to us is to better understand um, their marketing position, uh, how they can better position their products uh, from a marketing perspective um, online, and that could be either uh, specifically to sell on Amazon in a better way or um, how they can improve their own online sales if they do sell through their website. Uh, Another way is that um, media companies often come to us um, wanting to know how many people are watching specific channels. Like we can also collect um, YouTube and Netflix downloads um, on digital devices as well. So um, I recently did a study among parents and also uh, children of parents who are streaming videos online and so we have all the time media companies wanting to know how they can get their products in front of the people who are watching their channels online Um, and then there are also just very traditional companies that want to know how to better position themselves in not only the marketplace that's brick and mortar stores but how that channel interfaces with digital channels do people research online and then buy in physical stores so that they can see and touch and feel products and that's also something that we do really well is integration of all three channels Uh, by three channels i mean um, pc mobile devices and store visits Um, so there's a variety of ways but those would be the top three yeah you know a friend of mine uh has a um Uh, manufactures a product that's sold uh, primarily in brick-and-mortar stores. Um, And uh, he recently told me he had to uh, use, uh, it's not your company, but another research's uh, uh, company's data because uh, when they go to to the purchasing departments of large uh, companies here in America, if I named them, you would know them, but... uh, the purchasing departments asking them for some sort of validation or proof that you know uh, that their product's doing as well in stores and is being bought by who they say they're being bought to. So, have you been involved with any of that? Or yep, I would say uh, nine times out of ten, every single person, and I don't know who you're talking about right now, but I would say nine times out of ten, uh, everyone wants to know uh, how their particular products are doing online if they're going to be sold in major brick-and-mortar stores. And all of those stores are the same. Right now they are Costco, CVS, Walmart, Walgreens, um, Kroger's. They're all the same. Um, We've got a top ten list, and we're in all of those traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Yeah. All right. Well, we got off on the research uh, tonight, so uh, sorry about that. Well, I'm not sorry about that. That was a good... uh some really great information there, Heidi. Uh, so I'll put a little teaser out. What we were going to talk about uh, today was uh, uh, about where you see businesses that have been successful businesses, uh, been around for a long time, and all of a sudden you, you wake up in the morning and you see on the news or in the Wall Street Journal that uh, they've gone out of business unexpectedly. So we were going we're gonna to talk about that on our next podcast, and uh, the teaser is how that uh, process or phenomenon is associated with hay barn fires. Woo. Yeah. 
<laughs> I can't you're, wait for that yeah, one. <laughs> you're you're going to be amazed. <laughs> hey, well, thanks for being with us today. Uh, we're off at, uh, with it again here in 2018. And uh, just a reminder that you can find us on iTunes, TuneIn, Podbean, CastBox, and always at clouseronbusiness.com. Uh, and uh, appreciate listening today. Hope it's been helpful. And as always, uh, stay tuned to the next time. You've been listening to Clouser on Business.